Friday, Friday, Friday. It is Friday here on It Takes Two with Amy and JJ, which means we've got a foodie Friday for you. It's like a throwback. It Takes Two with Jack and Amy today. And Chef Scott Mutchenbaker joins us again. Hi, Chef. Hey. Back. <laughs> Good to be here. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you guys? We're so great. Things slowing Good. down now that no one's golfing. Or, I mean, I guess you technically probably could golf right now. Yeah, I mean, you're not golfing out at Oxbow, that's for sure. I mean, we have simulators that uh, that stay pretty busy, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I think Leonard might be open this weekend. They're always they're always looking <laughs> for people to come out. Uh, yeah. So, what's on the lunch menu today? So, on the lunch menu today, we're gonna talk because it is so cold out. <clears throat> I figured we'd uh, we talk about some beef stew because oh, I, I mean. That. What warms you up better than some beef stew in the these cold, cold days that we're going through right now? So I actually just texted a friend about this the other day because I know that she is like, she's a beef stew girly. Like, she's making it all the time. And I said, can you sure. send me your recipe? And she said, I can try. I don't really have a recipe. Um, you just kind of, it's like chili. Once you make it a few times, you get a feel for what you like. And then you can kind of make it your own. Um, yeah, that's exact. That's exactly it. I mean, it's it's very much like chili. I mean, everybody kind of has their own tastes and, um, you know, what they like to add, different herbs, spices, things like that. Okay, so give us the basics. I know you can kind of you can buy the stew meat that's already cut up and ready to go. Yep. She said yep. you're not a butcher. Go buy the cut up stew meat. That's what she said to me. <laughs> yeah, and that's it. That that totally makes sense. <clears throat> um, you know, there's some of the some of the guidelines one of the biggest things is going to be the cut of beef that you use um you know you're not going to put like beef tenderloin in this because there's not a whole lot of intermuscular fat um but if you do want to cut up your own stuff instead of grabbing the stew meat uh i highly suggest like uh the chuck roast that you see um it's got a lot a lot of intermuscular fat so it's not going to dry out sometimes you you get a beef stew and yeah, the meat's in stew, and it's covered with, you know, liquid and stuff, but the meat can still very much be dry. With the chuck roast, like I said, there's plenty of intermuscular fat, so it's never going to really dry out on you unless you continue to cook the heck out of it. You know, Scott, what I, what I have done uh, to a certain level of success and that I didn't have any stomach cramping after eating it was uh, I like to make a Mississippi, a Mississippi pot roast. Uh, what, okay. which turns it very tender and it's got a whole flavor all of its own. And I, I eat that as normal, but I will also chop that up later and put it in as, as a, an added attraction in my beef stew and in chili. You know, it doesn't, cook, oh, yeah. it doesn't cook for the full duration, but uh, th- yep. that's just a little added attraction for you. Continue. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I mean, as a chef, that's that's something you got to think about when you're operating a restaurant is, you know, say maybe you run a pot roast special. OK, we didn't sell all the pot roast. OK, now we're going to make a chili or we're going to make a stew because we have this, you know, this leftover beef. Um, but, yeah, so just kind of a quick run through on a recipe. So cube up some chuck roast and uh, you're going to cook this in a uh, in a big stock pot. Use a little bit of oil and high, high heat. Um, 
And you don't want to throw it all in at once because it's going to cool your sock pot down so much. And you're not going to get that nice, um, well, it's called the Maillard effect, where it's actually the caramelization of the meat. So you're going to cook this, you know, if you're doing a pound, do like a third of it at a time and remove that stuff from the uh, from the pot, put it aside. You're going to have all those little tasty bits that are stuck to the bottom. So now at this point, we're going to uh, toss in a little butter and then we're going to put in a mirepoix. So that's going to be a carrot, celery, and onions. And so we're going to cook that in the pot. And then when those start to soften up a little bit, we'll hit it with some red wine. Use like a nice Cabernet because that's going to have a nice, deep, robust flavor. And that's what you're looking for in a stew is the, those deep, deep flavors. And so after you caramelize, or excuse me, deglaze, uh, throw in a little tomato paste because that, again, is going to give you some of those deeper, richer flavors. And then uh, just reduce that down a little bit. Add some beef stock. And then you put your beef back in. And about 10 minutes after that, throw in the potatoes, cubed up potatoes. Now, as those potatoes start to cook, they're going to start to break down. And that's actually going to help thicken your stew a little bit. Um, So that's, you know, because the stew, you don't want it to be watery. You want it to be thick, stick to your ribs. Yeah, stewy. Exactly. (laughs) Stewy. And then at the end, you know, if you want to add some peas or um, like uh, maybe some corn or something, you know, those are so small that they're going to cook up really quick. So you're going to heat those up in the liquid right at the end so that they heat through, but they're still just a little bit crisp because it's nice to have those different textures in your beef stew because otherwise it's just. Sometimes it just feels like you're just eating mush, you know? Mm-hmm. Do you, uh, you know, chili and soups and stews so often uh, taste better the second day? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so, so do you ever, you know, prepare something like that and let it sit and then serve it the next day? Yeah, actually, most of the time that's what we do unless, you know, like say our soup of the day is, yeah. is super super low we'll we'll make a chili or a stew and then we'll uh we'll let that cool down and stick it in our cooler and then reheat it the next day and yeah jack i mean okay, like so, you said so you just got to the part where you're adding in peas or corn at the last or maybe a carrot how what are you cooking it at and for how long you know i mean everybody's range is going to be a little bit different but at that point um you want to just kind of simmer it and so Simmer, there is actually a kind of a, a thing to it. So simmering would be just so it just bubbles like just a little bit, a couple small bubbles here and there um, rising up from the bottom. You know, every minute or so you'll get a couple bubbles, um, you know, not boiling, obviously, because when you <clears throat> start cooking it, all your all your beef and all your other ingredients want to sink to the bottom. And if your heat is too high, all that stuff will burn to the bottom. So even though you got all that liquid in there, you still run <clears throat> you still run the chance of actually burning all that stuff to the bottom of the pan. Okay, so if you're if you wanted to throw it in the oven um, rather than cooking it on the stove top, could you do that? And would you cook it at a higher heat for a little bit of time and then a lower heat for a longer amount of time? 
Yeah, so I guess, so what she, kind of the process that you're talking about with throwing it in the oven is uh, the process of braising. Okay. Um, so what I would do there is I would get get it to the point where, like, you know, you put your potatoes in, and then I would throw it in an oven at 300 degrees and let it go for an hour, hour and a half, and that'll just slowly, slowly cook. So now you're not going to have that heat coming directly from the bottom like you do on your range. Mm-hmm. It's going to be all around <clears throat> so you're not going to run the risk of burning stuff at the bottom of your pan i like i like my odds better that way <laughs> yeah i mean it's, it's very much like a kind of a set it and forget it and right. you don't have to you don't have to worry about it as much i i mentioned to somebody one time that i i'm always hearing you know on, on the food network and from you and any chef worth a dang about getting those little bits of you know uh, off the bottom of the pan, uh, you know, yep. uh, I was saying that I, I'm having a heck of a time doing that, and I can't remember who it was. Uh, he or she recommended adding a little bit of vinegar, just a little bit of vinegar that that will help sure. remove any of those little pieces. Have you heard of that? You know, there's uh, there's different recipes out there. I forget the exact name of the German dish, but there is a German dish that's that's going to be very much like a beef stew, but it's like a sour beef stew where they do add vinegar. But, you know, like I said, uh, <clears throat> after you cook everything in that pan and then you deglaze it with that red wine and then you just kind of slowly kind of scrape the bottom, that's when I all those little bits are going to loosen up and ultimately obviously work its way into the stew. Right. Well, this person that, uh... You you mentioned the red wine and this person didn't so, uh, and and he or she didn't say that it made it sour. Just said it picked up those bits. I like the idea of the red wine better. So okay, thank you. Yeah, because you're adding a flavor. I mean, yeah. you, with the red wine, you're adding an acid, and with like a beef stew, you you to me, you kind of want more of that alkaline flavor and not that acid flavor. Um, mm-hmm. just because I mean, it goes good with a nice piece of crusty bread and yeah so you get it out and it's not as thick as you want it to be right we were just talking about how it's thick can you yep. just add like a slurry to a stew without it changing how it tastes yeah absolutely i mean if you just do like a cornstarch slurry which is just going to be you know put a little bit of cornstarch in a bowl and then pour a little water into it um and then just slowly add that uh and bring that bring that pot up to a boil when you're doing this, because it's not going to f- get to its full thickness unless it gets to a boil first. Mm. So you know, add just a little bit because that stuff has a lot, a lot of thickening power. Because you can you can certainly overdo it. So just <laughs> add a little bit at a time, stir it in. You know, if it's not quite as thick as you want it, add a little bit more. You know, this is cooking. Just have fun with it. The uh, the slow cooker. I've discovered that. Can you make a beef stew as good a beef stew in a slow cooker as mm. you would normally do it? I mean, you can still make a pretty good beef stew in a slow cooker, but you know, you're not going to get those tasty bits that stick to the bottom of the pan like if you were doing it on the range or whatever. Okay. But yeah, certainly you can throw all that stuff in, put it on your medium heat or whatever, and by the time you get home for dinner, you're pretty much ready to go. 
I feel like there's no. I feel like you're being kind to all of us who want to throw it in a slow cooker, <laughs> but it's going to be so much better if we just make it. Well, right, and you know, I mean, not everybody does this for a living, you know. So that I, I'm kind of telling you what I would do if I was, you know, at work. But you know, we all have very, very busy lives right now, right. you know. And, my, and those slow cookers are wonderful. My girlfriend also told me to measure with my heart and drink the rest of the wed, red wine while you're doing it. <laughs> Absolutely. After you okay. okay. One, one for the stew, one for the doctor. There we go. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chef Scott Mutchenbaker here on KFGO. Thanks so much for all of your stew tips today. It's a perfect. You got it. It's a perfect thing going into the weekend with two below. Oh. Mm. Yeah, it's yeah. supposed to be real cold this weekend. So, yeah, hopefully that helps you guys out. Worcestershire sauce. That, that, you that, love that, that stuff. Yeah, it's <laughs> – do, do you – you didn't mention that in your beef stew. No, you know, it's – that's one of those things that sometimes I just kind of overlook. But it is such a great additive to when you're making, you know, a chili or a beef stew because it adds so much flavor. Um you know, I even like to uh, put a little bit, like, on my burgers when I'm cooking yeah. them because that adds, adds some flavor. I put a glug or two sometimes when I'm making tater tot hot dish even. Did, oh, yeah, for sure. Did, did, did good you, for Bloody Marys, too. <laughs> did, did you mention uh, using tomato paste or tomato sauce? When paste. You're, paste, you see? Mm-hmm. Yep, tomato that, paste. Yeah, that's just so dang sweet. That's uh, I'm a little mm-hmm. leery of that, but, oh, Okay. You can maybe right. counter that with a little bit of vinegar or red Worcestershire wine. sauce. Oh, red wine. Red yeah. wine. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Have you seen the uh, TV commercial with uh, Martha Stewart for Tito's Vodka? No. I have not seen that. It is, it, it, it's worth looking up. She's <laughs> found uses for Tito's Vodka during dry January. <laughs> Oh, look all right. It up. Look it up. I will. I, I will. <laughs> it's, it's classic. That is hilarious. That's funny. All right, baby. That's so funny. Thank you, Scott. Much Thanks, Baker. Scott. All right, Thanks, guys. Chef. Good to talk to you. You're the best. This is Foodie Friday here on KFGO, brought to you by Prime Cut Meats. If, you, if you're confused about what meat to buy, but they're not, you can go to them on South University Drive here in Fargo. So you